You are listening to the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast, sponsored by Roger Briley and Associates, Partouche Plumbing and Heating, Guido's, The Bike Shop, Alaska Sausage and Seafood, and the Alaska Club. Now, here are your hosts of AST, Keaton Homer and Isaiah Freeman. Here we go. Welcome Yeehaw. back to the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast. It seems like we never left you. I mean, Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, we were there, you know, for state hockey. So it was fun, fun weekend for state hockey. That's for sure. Uh, we'll recap a little bit of, of that here on the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast. First things first, Isaiah Freeman, Keaton Homer along with you. Glad to have you along wherever you are tuned in to the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast. Be sure if you have not already like, subscribe, wherever you listen. Follow us on your social medias, whether that's Facebook, uh, Instagram. We got some good Instagram stuff now. Well, we do. We really I do. Mean, Hockey provided some great we're, stuff. We're, we're popular on the gram. I th- is <laughs> yeah. that how we say that? I, that? That phrase right there is not something I thought I would ever hear. We're, like, Probably, no, we're yeah, I would popular agree on the gram. The gram, yeah. 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 yeah we're you got trending. that on the gram? We're trending. You got, you got that on the gram? Got yeah, it on the gram. Yeah, got it on yeah. the gram. All right. Graham cracker. You know, yeah. We making s'mores? Dun, dun, dun. What's, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I uh, think I'm showing my age. Yeah. I know, right? I probably should stop talking now. <laughs> but anyway, all right. That's going to do it for this show. All right. We're done. All right. Goodbye. See ya. Right, yeah, yeah. No, we're not. No, we got plenty of stuff to cover. Uh, but first thing, um, thank our sponsors, obviously, uh, Guido's, the bike shop, the Alaska Club, Alaska Sausages and Seafood, Roger Briley and Associates, and Partouche Plumbing and Heating. Uh, all proud sponsors of the Alaska Sports Talk podcast. Uh, as I mentioned, Isaiah, myself, we're out at the uh, Curtis Menard Memorial Ice Arena this past weekend uh, for Division One State Hockey. So we'll recap that and everything that kind of went happened there. And now we're going to roll into high school basketball as well. And then also UAA athletics uh, as men's and women's basketball in full gear, as is hockey as well. We'll get a recap of that. And we'll also have a little bit of a... You know, a fun interview at the end. Yeah, Brad Lowers fun. makes an yep. appearance. Yeah. So we'll we'll mention that a little bit later on. Out on assignment. Out on assignment. Out on assignment. There you go. Out on assignment. Well, we were out on assignment. Yes, we uh, were. For state hockey. And it seemed like, uh, you know, that that tournament goes by so fast. It really I mean, it really just does. for, I know it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just like any other, you know, sport or state championship tournament, you know, basketball, similar, even though it might start a day earlier, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday kind of thing. But still, basketball just has so many games. Hockey, I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, you have a, what what do you have, 12 games total in Division One hockey? 11 games in Division Two and 11 games in Division One. There you go. Four games a day and then three on the last day. It's glorious. Basketball is glorious too, but... That's eight games in one day. Well, I mean, you're not. I mean, basketball. Let's be honest. Basketball starts at eight in the morning, usually. Yeah. With some with some consolation round games or something, depending on you know what day it is. And yep. then you're not getting out of there until ten p.m. Yeah, if we're and, lucky. And I love basketball. Don't get me and wrong. I, I love it. Same here. It, it's awesome. Fantastic. It's just a lot. It's time. taxing. It it's is. Taxing. It is very taxing. It's, but hockey, on the other hand, I mean, obviously, just the the sport itself lends it to, you know, kind of some, you never know what's going to happen type of no. stuff. I mean, and we saw some of that on Thursday and Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 
uh, in the Division One State Hockey Tournament. Uh, the West Anchorage Eagles completing a awesome regular season, going out of the state tournament, winning in the state t- championship game. Uh, they defeated Diamond in that state championship game to uh, claim another state cha- state title. So congratulations to the West Anchorage Eagles. Um, running through the regular season, I'm not going to say unchallenged. Obviously, they had a couple of challenges well, in there. They had some challenges for sure. They they were one of the clear-cut favorites, it seemed like, after the first month of the season. Yeah, I think we mentioned it on the podcast that, you know, West Wasilla had kind of been the one, two, the top teams, you know, in the state for the most of the year. And then the hot teams, Diamond and South, yeah, really charged that last four, six weeks of the season and into the state tournament. And those were the four left standing in the semifinals. So not a huge shock that that's how it played out. And we got some great semifinal games. But yeah, uh, West was, they were really fast. Very, very fast. You know, they were. No, they, they looked the they looked fantastic. They were very experienced. I think they had 12 or 13 seniors on the roster, as did Diamond as well. They had quite a few seniors. Uh, West won that championship game, by the way, 3-2 to two over Diamond. The team that I thought could have been really interesting and may have made a deeper run if they did not have an injury was Wasilla. Yeah. The number two seed. That's yep. their leading scorer, Grant Barksdale. He goes down in the quarterfinal round and the opening round against service, ends up getting hurt really bad. And I'm I'm speculating and I hate speculating injuries. I assume the way that it was casted, something broken. I don't know as to what extent it may not be, but it was clear he was not going to be able to play after that injury happened against service. And when they lost their leading scorer, you know, that changes things up completely. I mean, changes he, a lot, accounted for, for sure. he, he accounted for 44 points. Still, right? I still tw- don't, 20, I still can't 20, believe that. 27 goals, right? 27 That's goals. Insane. It is. And then factor in all the assists that he had and everything like that. I mean, it's just crazy how he factored into the offense. Now, fortunate enough for Wasilla and for him, he's only a junior. So yeah, he'll have another chance help. at it uh, coming next year. But um, Wasilla in that semifinal game against Diamond, it was a, that was one of the crazier games. Wasilla that was, was trailing very three, crazy three to one. Uh, Wasilla was able to rattle off two unanswered goals, tie it at three, and then Diamond with 17 seconds remaining in the fourth period finds the game-winning goal. They went on to add an empty netter with like nine seconds to go uh, and win five to three. But I I just can't help but think that may have been a little bit different if Grant Barksdale is on the ice for the Wasilla Warriors there in that semifinal game. Not seeing any outcome changes. May not, but you never know. You're right. It may speculate. It may not have. You're right. But, you know, over 19 games, he has 27 goals and how many assists and 44 points total or so. I mean, well, that you would think he's going to get at least one, maybe two points in that game, which could change. You know, maybe it's two assists well, or something like that. I mean, well, even if he doesn't score, maybe how Diamond defends him or yeah. plays is completely different. You know, who knows? Yeah. So, uh, it just kind of stunk to see you know the team's leading scorer go out in the way that it did, and it was a, a hit away from the puck. wasn't You know, even part of the play really. It, it was just really unfortunate that to see happen to Grant. So uh, hopefully he makes a speedy recovery and gets back uh, out of the ice uh, very soon, and hopefully he's able to contribute to Wasilla uh, next year as well. But um, 
the West Anchorage Eagles, you know, they their opening round game, they won against West Valley six to one. They won their second round game uh in a rematch of some instant classics against South. West for the last probably what three years, Isaiah, when they met South, South has had their number. They had their That's, number in a four yeah. overtime game, a seven overtime so, game a year ago. Yeah, um, crazy, crazy town is what that or, stuff is. I mean, in the CIC championship or a CIC championship semifinal, remember when the CO2 alarm goes off at the Bimboki and they had to move it over to the Sullivan? It was that game. Yeah, that's and the South game. ended up be South ended up beating West. So for West to be able to bounce back and then uh in that semifinal game win two to one, um that was pretty impressive to finally get over that hump against South and then win against Diamond three to two. So the West Anchorage Eagles, your two thousand twenty-four division one state hockey champions so congratulations yeah, to us for sure and hockey I'm, in the books hockey's in the books and i'm glad that nothing happened crazy with the yep. west south game like freon or any of those co2 <laughs> stuff i'm just i'm really happy that we didn't what, have to deal with that so what's the contingency good. plan if there was a contingency plan if something like that happens well conti- or happen if something I mean. like that let's say that it did happen at state at the menard First, the evacuation of the building. Next right. is the the Brett. That's kind of the backup. Huh? Okay. So that gotcha. that's that's where we're, that's where we would have been at, depending okay. on when in the game something like that would have happened. Maybe it has to be played the next morning. It just kind of depends on the timing right. of it. But you know, that's that would have been the contingency plan. Not saying that I wanted to see that happen, obviously. But oh I, goodness, no, I'm, no. I mean, just. <laughs> This is like stuff you never think about. Like, I never even would have thought of like, oh, okay. Well, I just I would have canceled the game. Been like, all right, it's done. Everybody go home. Yeah, we'll right. figure something out. Like, whatever. Uh, but oh, wait a minute. We have a whole arena over here that's got a brand new sheet of ice in it. Let's let's just use that. I was like, funny story great. I like to tell. Funny yeah. story I like to tell. Years ago, I think this was 2014, and I remember it vividly. 2014. The first round of the 1A was on a Saturday. That was when it was a full week at the Sullivan. So the first yeah. round for 1A was on Saturday. Then Sunday, there wasn't anything going on. And then Monday, the tournament would start again at the Sully. So the first round 1A, we're at South and we're at West. Okay. Everybody that's been to West knows that behind the grandstands, behind the bleachers, there's these hallways. Well, in yeah. these hallways, there's water pipes. Okay. Well, sometimes, and the reason we say, parents, you need to watch your kids, and you can't just let them have a free-for-all in the arenas or in the gyms, and this is why, is game is playing. We've got two games left at West. we got two games left at South. Kids are playing in the back hallway at West, hanging on these water pipes. Mm, I see where this is going. And lo and behold, my phone rings while I'm at South, Isaiah, we have uh, two and a half, three inches of water all over the floor. We've evacuated the gym at West, but uh, we need to play two. We need to play one and three quarter games left. We oh, still geez. have that left for the state tournament for the first round. We can't play any other games right. until we know what those games are. So we had, we finished up the games at South and we had the other teams from West come over to South and we played the last two games at South. That night, that was the night. That was the night after that huge snowstorm. We were had about three, three and a half feet 
of snow all over Anchorage. And it was just a total, that was a total mess. That was a total, <laughs> total mess. All right. All right. Well, yeah. um, well, let's hope that the, this year, you know, when March Madness rolls around, that that doesn't have to. Yeah, I don't like that kind of madness. I, yeah. I can pass on that kind of madness. Yeah. Games and having lots of fun and hooting and hollering and oh, yelling yeah. and screaming. Look, give all, give us great. all that. I love that yeah. madness, but I can do without the other madness. So, right. Parents, yeah. please watch your kids when you're at March Madness so they're not swinging on pipes and breaking <laughs> water mains. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Service Here's your PSA. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of, uh, you know, now that hockey season is over, we can kind of, you know, get into more of the high school basketball scene, uh, especially with, you know, only what a couple of weeks of the regular season remaining now as we're in mid February. So, uh, things are really ramping up. I know that, uh, Chugayak and Eagle river, as of this taping of the podcast, they're playing right now. Um, those two teams, however, in terms of CIC standings, not a huge impact on probably what is going to happen over the next couple of weeks. But still, um, you know, never know what could happen in terms of, you know, you get into your conference tournaments and stuff like that. You make a run, you, something miraculous could happen, but never know. Uh, um, I know there's a handful of games going on today, obviously uh, around the Quick Inlet Conference and then also, you know, around um, the uh, the Northern Lights Conference. I know Colony and Palmer are playing yeah. Um, as well today. So there's some big games coming down the stretch of this high school basketball season. Yeah, we also have uh, West is playing at East this weekend or tonight. Oh, yeah. That game's going on right now. So I'm not sure what the score is of that game at this moment. I know Diamond is at Bartlett, and Bartlett had beat Diamond earlier this year, kind of on a on a weird um, a game that they're not really sure. Excuse me. No, that was the girls. Not the boys. The girls, the Diamond girls had lost to Bartlett earlier this uh, season. I did see that Diamond beat the girls. Diamond girls beat the Bartlett girls earlier tonight. So we'll see what happens with the boys. But uh, do we have yeah. uh, do we have the standings pulled up? Not the rankings. I'm just curious as to like taking a look pull at up. Let me pull up the standings for the Cook Inlet Conference. Let me take a look at a. Uh... I'll you pull up Cook Inlet. I'll pull up the the Northern Lights. I can do that. that. All right, I got the Northern Lights. All right, okay. I got the CIC. You want to go first? You want me yeah, to go first? I can go first. Yeah, go East for it. Is, go. East is number one right now at eight and zero in the conference. West is in second place at six and two. Service is in third at five and three. As well as tied with Diamond five and three, but service has a head to head over Diamond. Then South is four and four in fifth place. Bartlett four and four in fifth place, tied for tied for fifth place, basically sixth place. Eagle River is eight and zero, and Chugiak or excuse me, zero and eight, and Chugiak is zero and eight. So uh, they round out the bottom of the CIC. All right, so take a look at the four A uh, standings for the Northern Lights. Conference Colony undefeated eight and zero in conference play. Wasilla behind them four and one. Palmer three and three. Soldatna two and five. Kodiak one and five. And then Mountain City Christian Academy, uh, also known as ACS, for those of you who have still yet to distinguish the two that made yep. that name change earlier this year. So ACS now Mountain City Christian Academy. Uh, they're zero and four in conference play um, to start. So um, Colony. I know we have a listener, a friend of the pod, who 
thinks that the Colony Knights are going to be a team to be reckoned with in terms of when they make the make the postseason and make the postseason tournament for March Madness Alaska. I don't dispute that. I know that uh, who's the head coach out there? Tom Berg. Tom Berg. Yep. Yeah, I, I know. Come tournament time, Colony's always a force to be reckoned with. The only thing that's worrisome about me when I've looked at the Colony Knights schedule. Yeah, it's my Chris Berman. Yeah, it's. I can't uh, do a good Chris Berman. Yeah, I mean, they played. They played East. They lost by twenty against East. Um, I mean, obviously that's probably the best four A team in the state of Alaska. We're going to take a look at the rankings here in a little bit, here in a few moments. So that that kind of you know throws things off, and then you look at some of the other teams they played and beaten and handed. They should. As they should. I mean, they played Toke and, you know, some other smaller schools. And I'm like, okay, well, good. You should be winning these games. But in the Northern Lights Conference, this is no disrespect against the Northern Lights Conference. It is not as strong as it has been in years past. I feel no. you could, I, I mean, And I think so, for the boys, I think people could, I think, I don't think that's a, a slam on anything. They're not as. No. They're not as deep or as good as they have been in years past. Conferences go through that. There's ebb and flows, especially at the high school level. So, yeah, but they're definitely, I would say, are not as they're not as strong as they have been in the past. And they're not as strong as they, let's say, the CIC at this point. Right. No, it's there's been times where the Colony and Wasilla teams were better than some of the CIC teams at the top. So. Right. There's those ebb and flows, but yeah, I don't think you're crazy well, for saying something like that at all. I mean, Colony's a fantastic basketball program and always has Absolutely. Been. And they've made, you know, they've had some terrific teams over the years, no doubt about it. And this is no different. But just looking at this guy, I mean, they lost to Lathrop 65-63, so a close loss there, lost by two. Lost to Juno 77-72, so another close loss there. Um... So I don't know. I mean, I'm curious. I'm going to keep my eye out on the Colony Knights and see, you know, the final five games of the season, you know, how they kind of finish. Now, towards the end of their schedule, oddly, it's somewhat backloaded in terms of they have they're playing three cooking like no two cooking like conference opponents down the stretch. They play Diamond and West to end. Well, that'll definitely be season. a good measuring stick for sure. So, so that'll be interesting to see how the uh, Colony boys kind of kind of wrap up for a um you know, going into into March into yeah. into February. Should we take a look at the rankings Isaiah? Yeah, let's let's, let's take it. a look cuz this will I think this will lead to some discussion too. As we'll start off with the 3A girls. There is really, there is no change. Grace is number one. Barrow is number two. Mount Edgecombe is number three. Monroe is number four. And Sitka is number five. Okay. If you look at the RPI, which I know some people have been looking at as we get closer to the end of the season, RPI has Grace and Barrow flipped, where this poll, our poll has Grace as one, Barrow as two, just because of a head-to-head. Grace has a head-to-head win over Barrow. Which which makes sense. which the RPI doesn't take into into consideration, right. um, but yeah, that's that's there. Other than that, there's really no change. And I, the people that kind of help with this, they didn't really see any reason to change this. This is kind of the way it looks like it's probably going to shake out. Um, 
it'll be interesting as we get closer into the conference, right before the conference tournament, if there's Mount Edgecombe and Sitka are going to play each other again. Monroe, I mean, they don't play any of those teams in the top five right now, but you know, they're going to be playing some other teams. Monroe just played in the Grace Christian or the Grizzly Hardwood Classic. Lady Grizzly Hardwood Classic. There we go. Got That's the name a tongue right. twister. There we go. There you go. Whew. You did it. I did it. Yay. <laughs> um, Grace played in the championship there. Monroe ended up taking third. Mountain City took first. So I I think that is a pretty, pretty good way that that's going to shake out. So no change in the 3A girls. There was a change in the 3A boys. Ooh, all right. Yeah, 3A boys. A small change. Grace number one. Mount Edgecombe number two. Gnome number three, Barrow number four, and this is where the change happened. Valdez is now Ooh, the number five. So the Seward, Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are number five. Seward dropped out of the five. Now, some people will say, well, Grace had a head-to-head over Barrow. Seward has a head-to-head, has a head-to-head over Valdez. So why that? Well, looking at kind of how the season has progressed since that early in December, that game with our, excuse me, early January at the Dean Cummings tournament, Seward and Valdez played at, I think it was 1030 in the morning in Delta. It's hard to, you know, those kind of games go either way, especially in a tournament that early. But you have Valdez placing second in their tournament. Seward placed fourth in the Valdez Mm -hmm. tournament. And Seward only beat Valdez by four in the head-to-head. So Valdez had kind of been trending up a little bit. Seward had been not struggling, but they had not looked as dominant as they had in the past few weeks. So Valdez jumps to the number five spot. So that's a change there. This is where it gets really interesting, Keaton. There is a triangle. There is a triangle for the 4A girls. A triangle. There's no change in the rankings. The top three is so hard to figure out. Okay. Okay. So Wasilla beat Mountain City, and Mountain City ended up they lost that 133 game. So so Wasilla beats Mountain City. Mountain City beats Colony. Colony beats Wasilla. (laughs) It's a it's literal a triangle. It's It's literally a triangle. Yeah. Okay. So it's just it's 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 kind of. It's just it's kind all of, these matchups. Yeah. What is it? Like I saw, uh, you know, oh, the Browns won the Super Bowl because, you know, uh, they beat this team and this team beat that team. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Circular logic. There we go. Yeah, right. Okay. So how the rankings shaked out is knowing that there's no change. Wasilla's one, Mountain City's two, Colony's three. And this is inches, inches, not feet. You might even say centimeters, not inches. And then Thunder Mountain diamond so okay. when you look at wasilla i the thought is wasilla has when their dominant players play the best they're going to be very very difficult to beat mountain city they play the best mountain city though i will say this i was talking to somebody mountain city when they played at wasilla and you know i was remarking on the instant reaction that they couldn't have shot more than 20 percent. it's just not possible yeah. Guess right. what their shooting percentage was that game? 18. 12. Oh. 12%. They shot oh. 12% at Wasilla. 
Ouch. If you could see my face right now, <laughs> I mean, well, I heard that number. I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but I mm. knew it wasn't north of 20. That's 12. 12%. Wasilla had right. something to do with that. I mean, there's well, no yeah, question. Of course. And then course. watching Colony play Wasilla, Colony was hitting three and three and three and rebounding. I I think Colony may be, in kind of talking these rankings, Colony may be a little bit more three dependent than a Mountain City or Wasilla, and those okay. can be a little streaky. But again, these is, this is centimeters, inches, not feet for the top three. So really difficult on that one. Very, very difficult. It'll be interesting to see. Let's see. Check their schedule. Oh, man. It's Wasilla plays at Mountain City on the 27th of February, and then Colony plays at Wasilla on the 1st of March. So that'll go a long yeah. way into deciding that conference for sure. And then for the 4A boys, 4A boys, there was no change. Um, Betty Davis East is number one. Service, number two. West Valley, number three. West Anchorage, number four. And Thunder Mountain, number five. You had mentioned Colony. Colony is kind of right on the outside looking in. So is Monroe. Yeah. So is Juno. Service, The when we were doing the podcast last week service ended up losing to Bartlett, you know, post the ranking release, but teams have lost all teams have really lost a game or two, except for Betty Davis East. So didn't feel like we could really switch service out. Cause they do have head to heads over a lot of these teams, but colonies yeah. beat Wasilla so high diamond mountain city, Kodiak Palmer. I mean, they're right on the outside Monroe. I'd say is a real interesting they have three losses, get this, three losses by a total of eight points. They That's lost crazy. The Thunder, they lost to Thunder Mountain by one in December in Ketchikan. I, I mean, it's three losses by a total of eight, and one of those losses is to Colony. So it's a, they're really, it's again, you get to the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. those are all inches, not feet, but East is definitely kind of, set themselves apart a little bit so no, that's the rankings for this week all right all right well maybe yeah. something to watch going into the next couple of weeks again these rankings are they don't have any bearing on anything going into nope. they uh, do not. you know march madness or anything like that these are just things that you know a group of people we have put together have you know here's what we think some of the best teams in the state and where they fall so nope. uh just to cause some controversy and debate that's of what course. we like to do. That's, that's, that's all rankings like are. That's, that's all, all rankings are. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. It's a nice starting point and see where the, it is. you know, like the RPI is for basketball. It's a good way to <clears throat> seed the tournament and figure out who are the best teams to let in. You know, that's, that's why it's on ASAA365.com. If you want to take a look at yep. that, you go to the basketball page and there's a basketball RPI link. You click that. Takes you right to the RPI for 4A yep. and 3A. So check it out. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Uh, I forgot to mention this during our high school hockey segment. If you missed our interview last week uh, with Wayne Sawchuk, uh, uh, the quote yes. unquote hockey czar. Hockey czar. Yeah, hockey czar. Hockey guy. Um, <laughs> go back to alaskasportstalk.com uh, and you can find that interview um, of Wayne 
uh, and get caught up on anything else that you might have missed. It's an awesome interview. It gives you an opportunity, some insight and possibilities, you know, uh, what might be coming down the road in terms of um, high school hockey, maybe in the next year or two to two years, possibly. Um, also gives you maybe a little bit of a preview of the games. So if you want to go back and kind of maybe get Wayne's thoughts on some of the games that happened last weekend prior to them uh, starting, uh, it's a good interview. Go check it out, alaskasportstalk.com. Uh, Wayne Sawcheck. I'm sure we'll try to catch up with Wayne later on throughout the year at some point in time. Good dude. Awesome uh, guy. Yeah, I really like Wayne a lot. Don't tell him I said that, though. Shh, keep that quiet. Oh, okay. All right. Keep well, that quiet. I mean, he is the hockey czar. So <laughs> he is the hockey czar. Hockey czar. So it's nice All when right. we're at board meetings. We can talk a little hockey on the side. It's nice. Are you are when when people start talking hockey, Isaiah? Are you just lost? Like, are you just like, bah, or I'm just no. No, no, okay. Uh, no, right. I'm very engaged. Oh, okay. I'm engaged. Is that an ir- in, I'm engaged roll? in all things, Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's see how engaged you are in terms of UAA basketball and UAA sports. All right. Hit me so, with it. Uh, all right. Well, this weekend they're back at home. So we got huge home games coming up for both the men's and women's basketball teams. Uh, the UAA women this week take on Northwest Nazarene in Central Washington. Uh, women are coming off of two consecutive wins. So UAA, the, the women's team has cemented themselves in third place as of right now going into this weekend. Uh, they're a full two game or a game and a half ahead, actually two games and a half ahead uh, on Seattle Pacific, who's in fourth fourth place. They're two games back of Western Washington. Um, so the Seawolves, barring some dramatic collapse for the UAA women, which I don't anticipate happening, should be able to make the top six and go on to the the GNAC Conference Tournament. Obviously, Northwest Nazarene and Central Washington, those are tough opponents. They lost earlier. Did Let me look at my schedule here. Hold on. No, they beat Northwest Nazarene. Sorry. I was thinking they lost for... I'm thinking of the guys. They lost on the road at Northwest Nazarene. The women beat Northwest Nazarene 79-63 back on January 20th. So uh, Seawolves already have a win over Northwest Nazarene coming into the weekend. Trying to keep that train rolling. Games Thursday and Saturday, 7.30 for the women's team. The men's team, Isaiah, we're looking mm. on the outside of things right now. It's gone, it has not gone the Seawolves way on the men's side of things. UAA yeah. has now lost three games in a row. They lost to UAF, and then they lost at Northwest Nazarene and at Central Washington. And now they have to play Simon Fraser and Western Washington. Simon Fraser, I'll albeit uh, they're right behind UAA in the standings. They're 4-9. The Seawolves are 5-7. and seven. All right? The Seawolves are a half a game back of um, that sixth spot behind Seattle Pacific. So these are huge games coming up. Huge These games. are almost – I am I hate using the word must win because every game you play is a must win game, in my opinion, just from a competitive standpoint, right? It's a must-win game, yeah. Well, what game isn't a must-win game, right? But good point. If if UAA was to lose both of these, even a split, they're going to need a lot of help going into the final four games of the season. They're going to have to have some teams lose ahead or lose in front of them um, for them to try to get into that top six. So a sweep here this weekend for the men. It's almost a must-have. They need to have these two games against Simon Fraser in Western Washington. If you remember when the Seawolves went on the road, they lost at 
Western Washington, 83-92. But they did bounce back with a huge win against Simon Fraser in Canada, 71-49. So we'll see how things go this weekend at home for UAA against those two teams. It's been somewhat of a Jekyll and Hyde team this year for for UAA. Uh, In terms of they look great offensively some nights, and their defense has been spectacular pretty much all season long. But the offense has just been, it's like a light switch. It's been on or off, on, off, on, off. It's just never been consistent, it seems like. So Rusty Osborne trying to figure some magic out uh, down the stretch for the men's basketball team is right now they're on the outside looking in of the GNAC Conference Tournament. Um, Men's team, by the way, you know the last time they made the NCAA postseason? Oh, boy, that's a good question. It's got to be a few years now. Oh, it's a few years, buddy. Made? Are we talking? Not. We're not talking. We're not the talking. We're not talking, the, we're not talking the conference tournament. We're talking. Okay. We went to the NCAA. Okay. Would that be? Yeah. Um. Would that be? Uh. Maybe. Boy, oh four, oh five, somewhere in that range. No, no, not that far back, but it's far. Boy, we're talking two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve was the last time. Two thousand twelve. Over ten years. Over 10 years, man. So it's it's crazy to think that it's been that long with wow. some of the talented teams that have come through. But the Seawolves right now putting themselves behind the eight ball here going into uh, the final few weeks of the regular season. So it'll be interesting to see how things kind of kind of shake out. I mean, this year's team, it's it's loaded with loaded with dudes. That's I mean, some fantastic I mean Tyson Gilbert, Jerron Williams, uh, Hassan Harrington, Sawyer Storms. I mean, you have these guys that are terrific, terrific ball players, and they have lost so many games. It's just some heartbreaking fashion, or something funky has happened. I don't know. It's just been interesting. When this season started, the Seawolves rattled off eight in a row. I mean, we got off to an yeah. eight no start, and a- I say we. I, I broadcast the games for those. You, you broadcast don't know. the yes. games. You can say yeah. we. It's all yeah. right. So, so I said yeah. we. Yes, we. Yes, I, I feel vested. You in can these, say we in these teams. So, I, it's just interesting to see then this senior-laden team. A lot of fantastic seniors. Some transfers mixed in there as well, and to see them have struggled uh, in conference play, it's been somewhat eye-opening, I guess you could say. Well, and the so, co- and and doing that off of. Coming off the win over the number one team, yes. I mean, yes. you beat St. I, I Martin's. Was, that's the last game I. That's the last game I saw. I went to that game. They played yeah. great. It was awesome. Yep. And then, wait a second, what's just happening? You know, yeah. so people well, need to come out Thursday and Saturday. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that St. Martin's game. They won seventy-one sixty-eight who was St. Martin's, depending on what poll you looked at, they were either number one or number two. I call them number one. They were the number one team in the nation. Um, And then UAA turns around a week later and plays UAF, a team that has never won at the Alaska Airlines Center. Yeah, not won. That changed. That changed uh, because they won 65-49, did the Nanooks. And that was one of those poor shooting nights, right? That was just where nothing fell for for UAA. I think they shot less than... 30% 30% from the field, 27%, mm. something like that. Like That's not going to cut it. And no. also the number – the the big thing that I think might be w- somewhat worrisome is the number of turnovers that they have started to creep upon. Like They are starting to turn the basketball over more and more as the season has gone on. And I don't know what 
the explanation is for that. Uh, I think against UAF, they had 14 or 15 turnovers. Like that, I'm like, hmm, that's characteristic, especially the way that this team is played. So, anyway, uh, games this Thursday, Saturday. Men are in action first, 515 on both nights on Thursday and Saturday. UAA women at 730 on Thursday and Saturday as well. Only a handful more opportunities to see the Seawolves in action at home. Uh, the two this weekend and then the two last uh, regular season games on February 29th and the 2nd are your last chances. So the season is coming down to uh, a close here rather quickly for college basketball as Very well. much so. Yeah. Yep. The other season that is uh, kind of wrapping up as well, UAA Hockey. They were in action last week, kind of an interesting week. They went Saturday-Sunday instead of their normal Friday-Saturday um, hmm. games as scheduled. Long Island University, I don't know, they're weird oh. East Coast people. They wanted to play on Sunday. Weird East Coast know. people. I don't know. I don't know. No no offense against our friends in New York. No <laughs> offense. Um, I would like to know how they came about with the shark nickname, though. Like That is odd. I would like to know that one, but you know there are lots of sharks swimming around in Long Island. Don't know, don't know. I can't imagine that's the case. I don't know, but anyway, uh, UAA able to get a split of that series against Long Island University on Saturday. They lost Sunday. They bounced back uh, with a three-one victory. Um, They now have more wins than they have had uh, last year. They they've already surpassed the win total from a year ago. So Matt Shazby in his second year. He's got the program going in the right direction, right? So they're they're they yeah, are moving great. in the right direction, and they're winning winning hockey games. And I know, uh, in talking with Matt Nevla and some other UAA fo- hockey folks, they're really excited about the schedule that's coming out, um, which will be released later on this year, obviously for the, for the fall season uh, when hockey season starts back up. So um, some good quality opponents coming up on that schedule that they're really really excited about. But the other thing that people should be excited about, I don't know if you you saw this, Isaiah. Yeah, you were telling me about this before we started taping. Yeah, this is great. So the UAA Chancellor, Sean Parnell, coming out with a little two, three-minute video, um, not only backing UAA hockey, obviously, and you know, saying it's going to be around for for the future to come, but also they have started to look at investment firms and firms that build Division I sports complexes. And trying to figure out a way for UAA to have a Division One ICE facility. Now, whether that is building a brand new arena, whether that is revamping the Alaska uh, or the Avis Alaska Sports Complex, whether it's revamping the Alaska Airline Center, I don't know what that looks like. I'm sure everything under the sun is on the table for them to consider. So it will be interesting to see over the next little while what comes of this, you know, I guess research at this point and st- this point in time in terms of what they want to do and how they want to facilitate this, but they already have contracted some um, some firms to start, start taking a look at the possibility of building a new ice arena. So that's that's huge news. That's huge. huge oh no, news. it's huge, huge. Uh, but with that being said, obviously they need financial backing. So uh, you know donors. You know, if you if you're listening to the podcast and you feel so inclined, um, please continue to donate to the UAA Hockey Fund uh, so that we can maybe maybe make this thing happen. I guess. Um, yeah, that's a nice if, indoor sheet of ice for a Division One level. Well, that's awesome. The the Avis Alaska Sports Complex. It has been, I'll call it. What, it's been an impromptu facility. That's what it, it has is. been. 
Oh, that's I mean, definitely we, we, we needed somewhere to play. Sorry. We needed no. to have something. I mean, it is not a Division One arena for ice hockey. It is not. It is just not. It, it was never meant to do that. It was meant to be a practice facility. I, is what I it was don't meant. E- I don't even think it's a Division Two. Oh no, uh, hockey no. facility. No, I mean it only holds. Was it eight hundred? Yeah, something like that. Probably by the time you get standing room in there. I mean, maybe a thousand, maybe. Um, but it is not designed to be a Division One hockey facility. And UAA knew that at the time when they relaunched the program back in in twenty twenty one. Right? They knew that that was the, that was the case. They had to petition the NCAA to say, "Hey, we are moving forward with some plans to build a facility." Right. And so they've had to showcase plans of what they want to do and proposed, proposed ideas. Now today, they come out and do an official word saying, we have contracted a firm to start looking at building these ideas, whether they have, you know, building onto the Avis Alaska Sports Complex or whatever it might be. So it's kind well, of open-ended. But you, you can't do anything until you have the information. And right. that's what this is going to, this is going to provide a lot of information and options. And then it'll be up to the decision makers on what that best option is. So, I mean, this is a, yeah, that's a, that's what, a big, what would, what big would you want to see? What would you want to see? Would you like to see a brand new facility entirely ground up? Would you Myself? like to see them put ice in the Alaska Airlines Center, revamp the Avis Alaska Sport? What, what do you think? What do you well, think? Well, this is what I had been told years ago before the Alaska Airlines Center had been finished being built what i was told by some very reputable individuals the plan was i was sitting in um keith's office the uaa athletic director at the time keith hackett yeah yep keith hackett and we were talking uh cuz we were talking some future things with state tournaments and other things like that in this new facility but the plan was to really make the the Alaska Airlines Center and this other thing a more campus friendly, that this would be the focus of the campus. And the idea was is to break Bragraw through all the way from where it stops right by East High School now and breaking through to tie in the road into where the kind of where the uh the music building is and where the library is, tie yeah. into that road so you can drive right into the Alaska Airlines Center. But also you have access, easier access to Providence, which Providence has all been for as well. And then on that corner, kind of kitty corner from the Alaska Airlines Center would be a facility dedicated just for UAA hockey. So it'd be kind wow. of a, a, a two arenas where you'd then have, you'd have ability to have, you know, little shops and little restaurants and kind of make this as a. Almost like a mall-like, yeah, a mall-like thing, like a campus town. That was the vision for the Alaska Airlines Center, and that's specifically why I was told the Alaska Airlines Center didn't have ice. Huh? Was to have this other facility, Kitty Corner, so it would be two facilities, but then also have the commerce area as well to get more businesses on campus, more facilities for the campus itself. But kind of make it this area where you see where you go to a college town, like let's say in Alabama or Missouri or yeah, some yeah, of these yeah. towns that are not really well known, except for that college. So boom, having that kind of facility, that area, kind of like in a stadium where you, if you go to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, AT and T Stadium, you've got things around it. 
little right. businesses around it. So that was the idea behind it. That's what I was told. So I'm sure be, that's one of the oh, things man. in the plans is that one of the cool. options that would be, I mean, that it made when I was hearing it, it makes the most sense to me. You break that road through, boom, you've got more access to the hospital, easier access to the hospital instead of having to go through the winding routes. Right. And you can really make it a high-level Division One, like the Alaska Airlines Center is for basketball, volleyball. Then you make something very similar for hockey, and it doesn't have to be 10,000 seats or anything. It can be like the Sullivan, but on campus. Yeah. And I think there's a seating requirement to be for Division One. I, I would imagine there program. is. I think, yeah. I think it's like 2,500, 3,000, something like that uh, for Division One arenas. I wouldn't think, surprise me if minimum. it's minimum something like that. Yeah. Well, I know there's a lot of smaller venues like on the East, like University of Vermont. Like right. uh, they have a, a smaller hockey facility, their Division One hockey team, but I think like their arena only holds maybe 2,500 or, or 3,000 or something like that. But anyway, that idea that you were talking about, I had never heard that before. That was the, I, that honestly, that was back in 2013. That is when I had been, that's when I had been yeah. told that they hadn't officially finished the Alaska Airlines Center yet. It was still in the mid, middle of being built. And that was the idea behind it was to do that well, plan. I like that. I like that. I mean, UAA's campus, the way that it's built, it's so, I mean, there's not a central hub, no, a central gathering area where students can convene, like a student union, a student corner. Where like every all the events take place, something like that. What you're describing would be huge, not just for athletics, but for the university in general. For, for the university, for oh, all sorts of different things. Could you imagine having all all the stuff that used to take place at the Sullivan Arena, as far as the beginning of races and the home shows right. and all these different yeah. things? Now you have two arenas right next to each other. It's not like a Sullivan and a Boki, where the Boki really can't do anything in. It doesn't, yeah. it's not that kind of facility, but now UAA would have a campus that would be able to house a lot more of those things. It gets more people on campus. It gets, it really right. has that Anchorage feel then on campus. It's kind of like Anchorage likes to tout itself. We're a large city, but a small town feel, you know, whether you want to argue that point or not yet, yeah, we can have that discussion obviously. And I wouldn't disagree with some of that, but that being said, that was the idea behind it. So yeah. it could be a real central area for the campus, the kids, and Anchorage itself. All right. I, let's do Isaiah's plan, or <laughs> you know, let's do that one. That's, uh, that's yeah, got my I, vote. So. Yeah, I like that plan a lot. You know, yeah. that's, it's not my plan. I, it's, no, I, it's, I like the plan. It's a plan I, endorse, that it, I endorse the plan fully. That's what I would look for. I And I bet if that was proposed and talked about, it's somewhere on the docket somewhere in some somebody's meeting notes. Oh, I'm, yeah, sure, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's there. Sure somewhere. it is. So it'll be and interesting to see. And if for some reason, somebody forgot that <laughs> I guarantee you, the people I know that were telling me all about this will remind them Yeah, that this I, was I kind of the idea. So, okay. Interesting. Now, that was really exciting. When you told me that before the podcast, that that's what his announcement was. I got all jazzed up like this. Yeah. Is, this could be awesome. It is. That is awesome. So, um, uh, obviously in the next year or so probably won't have, I would assume this is going to have to be a year from now process in terms oh, yeah. of, you know, like, where can we put this? What do we want to do? How's it? So, 
Uh, I would not expect to hear anything really further on this subject until maybe a year from now this time um, would be my assumption. But who knows? Miracles can happen and you could get a $30 million donation from somebody and like, oh, look, we well, can make it, it also depends, like, And it also depends what this firm was charged to do fully. Sure. I mean, are yeah, they charged right. to do something, a full docket range of options? Right. Or is it, hey, we want you to just look at these two kind of options? No, that's that's a good so, point. You know, something like a turnaround in time could be quick. It could be longer, like you're saying, a year. It just kind of depends. So it'll it'll definitely be interesting. I I think with that announcement, he's not Mr. Parnell is no. not going to have a whole lot of time where he's just going to be able to sit on his hands. He's going to have no. to be given updates, especially with the hockey community up here. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. So uh, you know, and then Ryan Swartwood, the athletic director at UAA, obviously he's got, I would assume, some. Oh you know, yeah, stay in it as well in terms of how it's going to look and how things are going to work and what's going to benefit athletics and everything like that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, here in the next year or so with this development. So it'll be a fun time. It'd be cool. Could you imagine March? Awesome. Could you imagine oh March gosh. Madness? Like you could have two venues. No, I mean I know you, I know you don't like, don't, even... <laughs> don't don't say that to me. That would make that will just make me <clears throat> bummed out for this year. Like I don't have two facilities right. now. I can't I, right. I can't, I literally can't think of that. Just like thinking of putting a sheet of ice in the Alaska Airlines Center right yeah. now. Right. makes yeah, my head yeah. hurt a little bit. Right. I, it's obviously construction wise, it could be possible and all that kind of stuff. And I know some people would like that and I would like it too, but who knows? I don't, I don't want to think about that right now as we go into right. March Madness because that will make my head explode. Yeah. Well, uh, we got, we have a little bit of time for before March Madness. So, uh, you know, that's true. Your head's your head's not going to explode that's, right not now. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Give me a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. You know, since we're talking about UAA and everything, um, we should make mention of this. We we talked about Brad Lowers at the top top of the podcast. He's ah, yes, yes. On assignment, you know, he, yeah. he pulled a fantastic interview, and uh, Harry Larrabee yeah. was in town. Yeah. Obviously, he was witness to a game that did not go UAA's way. It was. He was at the UAA UAF game, but uh, Brad Lowers had the chance to talk to Harry Larrabee. And for those of you who don't know who Harry Larrabee is, uh, he's a former not only uh, men's basketball coach at UAA, he also coached the women's team for a little while as well. Um, yeah. He's actually the one responsible for getting Rusty Osborne up here to Alaska um, and taking over UAA because they were both down in Texas, I think, or something like that. Yeah, uh, Texas State or something. I can't, something like that. Um, so anyway, but Harry Larrabee, a uh, longtime UAA men's basketball coach, women's basketball coach, um, had a chance to uh, catch up with Brad Lowers. So after everything's said and done here, be sure you stick around for a little extra longer and you yeah. get that little that little extra as well. Um, Isaiah, I know you were also talking about this last week uh, in terms of like promos for March Madness and like oh, podcast yes. listeners. Just, I didn't know if you yeah. want to throw that back out there. Stay tuned. I would say in probably two weeks, I'm thinking the week of February 26th or possibly the week after that. I think it's March four or five that next Monday. We'll have a promo code specialty uh, either the 26th of February or the 4th of March. We'll have something. That's special just for listeners of this podcast for ticket deals to March Madness, Alaska. So it'll be one of those two dates yet. I'm, I'm not sure exactly which one yet. 
Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to that. Yeah. It'll I be love, good. I love promotions. I love getting discounts. Well, yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. Sign right. me up yeah. for that. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, we covered a lot of ground. So we, we talked uh, we talked high school hockey, high school basketball, we talked UAA men's and women's basketball, UAA hockey. Um if you missed anything from any of the previous weeks, be sure you go to alaskasportstalk.com and you can get caught up on any of the previous episodes. Uh we're having fans email us from across the state, so if you want to yeah. reach out, yeah, reach, reach out. out to us, you know, let us know how we're doing. Only five-star ratings, remember? We don't want to hear bad stuff. Only <laughs> no, good things. No, no Only give us good the, things. Give us the, give us the bad <laughs> stuff too. We can take it. <laughs> we can so, take it. Yeah. Um, so reach out to us if you feel there's something we haven't touched base on you want to hear more of, let us know. Let us know what you want to hear, kind of thing. So yeah, we've had some really nice ones so far. So thank you for those that have sent yeah. those in and appreciate that. Those those always uh are nice. Sometimes you always get the the complaining and the bad stuff, yeah. but it's yeah. always nice to get those uh hey, way to go, add a boy kind of thing. So yep. appreciate that. Thank you for those who have emailed in. Yep, you can find us at alaskasportstalk.com. Get all our information. We'll have our bios up there sometime yeah, soon. soon. <laughs> so hopefully uh, we'll get that so you know a little bit more about us and everybody from Alaska Sports Talk. Yeah, mine well, will be 100% accurate too. Okay. Yeah, 100% well, so. accurate. We're, we're, we are fairly reliable sources of yeah. sports journalism. So no, No fibbing about my athletic experience and prowess. Okay, all right, all right. I... I I I could dunk a basketball at one time. Okay, no, I couldn't. That's a lie. I, I couldn't. I never. I never could. I came close, but never could do that. But I wish I, I could. could. I could. I know I you could. could. You. I could. You're. You're. You were. You're what? Six five. Yeah. Well, probably about six four and a half now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anybody but, that's that height, uh, you should be able to. Well, at least hopefully just remember i am dutch so oh, you know okay. it's not like we jump real high very often so the flying dutchman that's your nickname there <laughs> yeah, you go that's yeah the sinking dutchman i think is <laughs> what it would be <laughs> oh that's oh, a good one well, flying dutchman i didn't think of that one i well maybe i'll right. just give myself that nickname there you go for uh for isaiah the sinking dutchman Vreeman, <laughs> and myself keaton homer Thanks a lot uh, for tuning into the Alaska Sports Talk podcast. Thanks a lot to our sponsors yet again. Be sure you tune in next week. Be uh, be following us on the socials, on the gram, as they say. The gram. Find us there. So until then, good night, everybody. We're joined by Harry Larrabee, former coach at UAA, as well as uh, many other accomplishments. Hasn't been in Alaska for a while. And uh, you shouldn't blame him for all the... Uh, inclement weather and and uh, record snowfall in addition to the cold but he and he experienced about a 75 uh, degree change in temperature but we got him out off the golf golf course and you'll see him if you go to Friday night's UAA games but uh, coach uh, I know you and Betsy are really enjoying your your visit and your return to Alaska absolutely it's been uh fast and furious on people that we've ran into and uh, special thanks to you and Kim for uh, hosting us and uh, we, it's just invigorating to get back to Alaska. It, it truly is still uh, a wonder, the, the last frontier and uh, I was excited to go to watch both the men and women uh, basketball teams, the Seawolves get victories. Uh, 
on Saturday night. So uh, that was uh, great for my first time uh, in the Alaska Airlines Center. Yeah, I think back on uh, your time here in Alaska where you coached both the the men and the women and were part of administration over there at UAA. And I'm not sure if everyone knows that uh, you brought Rusty Osborne with you up to Alaska years ago. And he's been, doesn't seem like it's possible, but 18 years as a head coach to go with his several years as assistant coach. So must have been fun to see uh, the Larrabee coaching tree. Well, as you know, you're, you're a little bit a part of that. It's uh, those connections when you're in coaching. Uh, it is uh, very gratifying to see former players and, and coaches, and you certainly uh, appropriately recognize the accomplishments Rusty's had as the men's coach uh, at the University of Alaska Anchorage, and uh, it's one of the main reasons we wanted to come up to, to, to see him uh, and uh, and visit with he and his his lovely wife Stacy. So uh, that that's been uh, fantastic. Well, I know you and Betsy have tried to make the return trip several times, and you know the what happens in life doesn't uh, give you the opportunity to carry out those plans. And of course, part of that is uh, Scott, Todd, and Sarah, your kids who played sports and Todd or Scott and Sarah both at UAA uh, specifically but uh, you finally made it and uh, even though it's a, a tough week weather-wise um, you finally got here and we're, we're appreciative of that. Well thank you it was a great place when we were reflecting back in the uh, uh, 1980s and uh, 1990s this was home where we raised our family uh, and uh, the Seawolf Alaskan uh, experience is something that I wouldn't trade it for anything. It truly was a great place to be in uh, comparing it to some of the other places on my career journey. Uh, it was certainly at that time a can-do place. Uh, you, you would just say, hey, let's try this and people were willing to chip in whether it was getting the high schools involved with the Great Alaska Shootout when they would adopt one of the, the teams or doing some of our outreach clinics. Uh, uh, saw Bill Jack uh, at the uh, Alaska game Saturday night and he was in Nome at that time and we talked about uh, what uh, that was a fantastic uh, uh, experience that we had when we, we took our uh, basketball team up there to Nome and we did that throughout the state there for, for several years. So this is a special place and I'm always so grateful that uh, we had this uh, opportunity to uh, raise our families in, in Alaska. Well, I know at the game the other night you were able to see a lot of old friends and, uh, and hopefully many more the next game because it's hard to, to get them all in. But one of the first folks we saw was uh, Bob Norton, who's the dean of uh, Split the Pot with the Lions Club. And, and then that kind of helped because he was your public relations director. So every time you sold a ticket, he was pointing to where you were sitting, and that kind of made people aware. They'd come up and say, someone told me, and that was code for Bob told me. So that was good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Bob has not changed in the 
decade since we've been back, it was just like old times, except the location was a little different, the sports center versus the Alaska Airlines Center. But uh, Bob was working the crowd, and uh, it, it was uh, one of those uh, privileges. Uh, the, you, you look at people like the Lions Club that are so engaged in opportunities for young people and uh, his uh, his commitment is an example of uh, what many Alaskans have done for many many years. Well I think of uh, you mentioned the Great Alaska Shootout and uh, I'm sure a lot of people thought you started that but even though you didn't start it you were coached really through its early development and uh, its glory years so to speak and um, why don't you share with us some of your your memories. I know there's a lot of good ones from the Great Alaska Shootout. Well, it's it's hard to choose because it went through some stages of growth, but uh, I think uh, that was probably in reflecting. You know, we played uh, those early tournaments at uh, at Buckner Fieldhouse, and then we move into Sullivan Arena, and then on the media side, uh, you know, we were working hard with a station out of the Atlantic Coast, the Coast Conference, and then ESPN and Vital came involved, and uh, we would have these parties at the Final Four that started with just a few people. Uh, the one I recall uh, 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 that we began was in Seattle at an earlier Final Four, and then, you know, as that grew, it became one of the parties, the focus of of coaches to come and uh, it just connected the whole whole state it was an exciting time and to be a small part of, of its growth and development was very very special well what a shame that that's a tradition that's gone away but there were all those advantages early on where teams didn't have to count it as part of their schedule um, teams wanted to come to Alaska but the ESPN money started to go the other way and Hawaii doesn't look bad so just a sad thing on the sports scene here in Alaska to, to see that go away well the reason the Bob Rochelle you who you mentioned about the the origin of the shootout it was his idea and uh, it was mainly because of an NCAA rule that uh, Hawaii and Alaska could host uh, games in which uh, they would not count in the maximum number of allowed by the NCA at that time. And so it was three free games that these teams could uh, get. And when that rule became modified and then ultimately changed, there was no incentive uh, because they could have their own tournaments in many places regarding good, good interest in terms of charity. But uh, at that point in time, uh, it, it was... Uh, it was uh, you know, Hawaii, Alaska, and uh, the NIT coming from Madison Square Garden. Those were the three early uh, holiday basketball tournaments that would kick off college basketball every year. And uh, it, it was, uh, uh, like we said, it, it grew into an electric uh, environment for, for our whole state, not just Anchorage, it, the whole state became involved. You know, there's a lot of things we could talk about. Your uh, upbringing in Indiana would be one of them, your time at SWT, and I know recently you were honored at the University of Texas, your alma mater, but since this is Alaska Sports Talk, we'll keep it on that subject. And 
I hate to ask coaches, and I hate to be asked who your favorite player was because there's so many that come to mind, but one that seems uh, typical or most revered among Alaska fans is Butch Lincoln. And uh, I remember listening to the radio, and he got in against Oklahoma, and I could just see him, I could just visualize him pump faking these 6'6 guys. He, He had to be a special one to coach. Well, Butch is a special person, and uh, you know, after he got his degree here, he gets a, gets an advanced degree at Duke, and and certainly uh, people have followed his career. He's become an outstanding citizen and contributor in the state of Alaska. But from Kotzebue, we did one of those clinics up there early when uh, Butch was uh, in, in grade school, so that really was the beginning of the connection. And Charlie's Bruns, who's a uh, an assistant and head coach here for, for many years, coached in Kotzebue. And when we first saw uh, uh, Butch play, Charlie was the one that had uh, uh, given us the, the idea that we, we need to really watch him very carefully. And I mean, he his court awareness and his skills were so, so special. And, uh, you referenced the uh, the uh, tournament we played in at the University of Oklahoma, and they, they were a top uh, 20 team back then. Uh, and uh, I remember him getting trapped in the corner. It was a packed house, several thousand people, all of them cheering for Oklahoma. And he uh, has these six, eight athletes trapping him in the corner, and he goes between his legs and behind his back and just bursts through the trap. and. There was just this whoa of being impressed with his skills. But, yes, he, he was a fun player to coach and a fun player for our fans to uh, to watch. I remember specifically uh, the way it worked out. The UAA game was a little earlier, and then the uh, ACS at the time tournament was after. And uh, I know it was um, Charlie Bruns, and I, I know I went, and I – I think it was Coach Osborne as well, but we kind of formed a triangle and we're watching Butch and the announcer from Valdez was go Butch Lincoln. And uh, what I remember specifically is he, I know there's a guy in City League right now that makes about 15 a game, but Butch got him 30 because <laughs> he was he was so good and, and always on the lookout. Um, well, this has been a, a great visit and a great talk, and I know you have several more days in town, and we'll try and uh, battle our way through the snow and get to visit a lot of old friends. Well, thank you very much. I uh, Sorry we didn't bring some of that Texas uh, warm weather up. It's gone the opposite direction with not only the coldness but the snow, so uh, hopefully uh, it, it may get a little better as our, our trip goes. But the warmth from the Alaskan people is always there, and that's what makes uh, this such a special trip for Betsy and I. Yeah, well, it's it's a big difference playing golf on Friday and watching UA in person on Saturday. Uh, that's going to do it for our visit with Harry. Uh, our thanks to uh, our sponsors and to Isaiah Bremen and Keaton Homer, who uh, are doing the bulk of the work here during the basketball season, and uh, what a good work it's been. We're on many... Um, there's many places to pick up this broadcast 
Give us a like and tell your friends about it as we uh, continue to bring some of the best in Alaska sports. (laughs) 